Hello, humans. Welcome to Audio Face, uh, an irreverent podcast about the music news and music culture that mostly matters. I'm Dan. I am Sean. This is episode 253 of this podcast, and it's a very special one that we do. Not only, it's a special one for a number of reasons. This is our annual, uh, sixth annual court packing episode. Uh, I'll explain what that means in a little bit moment, but it's a big thing in Audio Face uh, that happens every single year. But more on that in just a moment. We have, as customary in our court packing episode, Grammy 2023, uh, Grammy reactions. We're going to react to the Grammy uh, nominations and see what they got right, what they got wrong. Because mm-hmm. as we have noted on this podcast before, we listen to more music than the Grammys nominating people do. Mm-hmm. And of course, we always have one album that slides in right at the end of the year that's worth reviewing. Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. We're going to talk about that. A star-studded project. Uh, we'll, because we have to, I guess, we'll dip a little bit into the Yay stuff. And listen, I talked a lot about Yay on Power Report, yeah. so I don't feel the need to repeat myself much here. But just in a music context, maybe just like evaluate the fallout. We'll start to do that. Talk about how some fans are responding. And then Sean and I went to the 1975 and saw them live. And so uh, I can give them a proper live review along with sean who has seen them live before and has given them like a live review before but we like to review bands that we really like to do uh talk about on this podcast and make sure that we give them uh their dues and talk about how whether they are truly a good band which to us means performing well live and performing well in the studio so that's all going to be good i'm really excited for that uh we're going to start in a moment this is also special because we're streaming this episode on twitch and we usually don't well I, I guess we'll give it for a tease. If you're here right now, you're understanding right now, next year we're going to be streaming Audio Face live uh, on Twitch pretty much every son- sun- Sunday that Sean and I schedule allows. And that's going to be really oh, exciting for a number of different reasons. Um, I- I'm sure the folks at um, our law firm are just like giddy <laughs> at, the- at the possibilities. But um, that's going to be great. That's going to be exciting. It's going to happen a little bit in January, but this is definitely the beta test for that. But without further ado... I want to get into the thing, and also shout out to Torch Crimson, who's saying, yay, finally getting to catch me live. I really appreciate that. We'll do a, this is mostly going to be a music show, not that really political, but we'll definitely get into some political things, the yay stuff, of course. Uh, but without further ado, we don't have any singles this week. We're just going to go straight in to the Grammys 2023 reactions. So every year we do this, we kind of run through the big awards that the Grammys did over the... Um, like for their nominations, their award show doesn't happen until February. Our Audio Face Awards, that is a substantially better, much more thoroughly researched venture, uh, will be happening. Uh, and the episode will be around by Christmas time. So you can get that released there for those listening and watching. But let's talk about the nominees. So for Album of the Year on the Grammys, we have ABBA's Voyage, Adele's 30, Bad Bunny's Un Verano Senti, Beyonce's Re- Renaissance, Mary J. Blige's Good Morning Gorgeous Deluxe, Brandy Car- Carlisle's In These Silent Days, Coldplay's Music of the Spheres, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Lizzo's Special, and Harry Styles's Harry's House. As quite a stacked album of the year lineup, I didn't even know, I mean, I, we don't have like a set, we nominate these number of like artists, any nomination thing, but 10 is pretty stacked, it's pretty full. Um, I'd say some of these are your classic, of course, the boomers at the Grammys nomination slot are going to be picking some of these. They're like a little bit less relevant to 
you know, modern music and what's been coming out more new and more recently. Mm-hmm. But they're still like good works in their own right. Some of them are a little bit interesting because they came out in that uh, near end of qualifying qualifying period. The Grammys qualifies things from like October to October in a year. We qualify mm-hmm. things from December to December, like the beginning of December to the beginning. So uh, mm-hmm. Adele's 30 was something that we uh, talked about very heavily and like really appreciated from last year and on our Audio Face Awards. That's totally fine. Bad Bunny, I think that's a really... Was, I, under no circumstances do you have to give it to the Grammys, but <laughs> putting a Latin pop record under album of the year, not just, you know, Latin album of the year or uh, Latino Urbano or whatever the fuck they're calling it like this year, like having it just be like, no, regardless of what language this is, regardless of the location in which this person grew up or like made their roots or has their roots, this is good music. And it's kind of been undeniable for someone like Bad Bunny this year and like the run he's had and the run he's had in years past. So I am appreciative that the American Grammys is showing up for a non-Spanish, non-English language album and putting it in its flagship category. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, I've that's why I saw Adele's thirty. I'm like, wait, what? That was last year, and I've totally forgot about the qualifying period. I was like, ah, okay. Bad Bunny is really cool. Um, I think he definitely deserves a nomination for it. Um, like Beyonce's Renaissance, it's that's one of those like, of course, it's gonna get nominated for album of the year. I think it's a good pop album, pop record, but I don't think it deserves to be album of the year, really. Um, yeah. But like some of these in here, like. Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Murray on the Big Stepper is 100%. Like, that deserve absolutely deserves to be in this category. But no way in God's green flat nuked quit, no quid pro quo, worst music on flat earth 2022 should Coldplay's Music of the Spheres be anywhere around album of the year. Whoever is doing that needs to go home and rethink their life because that album is god-awful. Be careful, Sean. We're on Twitch now. We got rules. <laughs> we got rules and regulations. Yep. That's why I said go home and rethink your life because it's just Coldplay... They had that one. Bitch, Sean, be careful. (laughs) They had that one decent record in 2020, right? And then after that, the past, they just went back to making just same old, same old pop garbage, and that's what Music of the Spheres is. It's certainly been disappointing. Um, I definitely don't like that one. To be fair, let me just get this out of the way. I haven't heard uh, Brandy Carlisle's in these silent days, nor have I heard Abba's Voyage. Um, so I'm pretty like neutral on those. Lizzo's special, I think, is, like, you know, a fine album. All right. I, I think it might even be, like, Lizzo's best work, but I, it just Lizzo doesn't, like, it, yeah, it, it's, and that's no hate on Lizzo. It's just that there's a, ton, there's a ton of albums that we'll talk about on the Audio Face Awards that, like, we really love This just isn't album of the year quality. And so, exactly. to me, that's more reflective of the, like, uh, white, liberal uh, above the age of 50 sort of like audience it's kind of like maybe oh, I've, I've become a conservative now it looks like they're doing some uh vulture a uh, virtue signaling i almost called it vulture signaling which is a whole has a whole different thing but that's um <laughs> yeah but for the rest of these beyonce's renaissance i'm not gonna argue with a beyonce record being on there uh, i remember someone saying that taylor swift's uh record was snubbed on here and of course like swifties are gonna say that I think if you're going to put like Lizzo on here, then definitely Taylor Swift deserves the album of the year nomination, but Taylor Swift's not hurting for but, Grammys. But here's the thing. Is Taylor allowed in this Grammys or is That's she a good point. on the bubble? She might be on the bubble for the following year is what I'm thinking. Yeah, that release. Oh, no. Mm-mm. It was released on October 21st. And I think they ended October 31st. So. Mm. Yeah. 
Mm, have to get lawyers on that one. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get a photo finish for that. But yeah, mm. I really, yeah, I, I, I don't even think Harry Styles is. I'm not really happy with that pick. I think it was pretty good and solid. I think it would have been like in the like running, pop, like top fifteen maybe. Year. Yeah, but sure. not, not not album of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of other sure. stuff that serves it. Sure, yeah, but it's, and, uh, it's the, not that bad of a list other than Coldplay. Coldplay is insulting. Yeah. And we're going to go through some other categories now, uh, song, best new artist, etc. For those watching, feel free to shout out like what you feel like what you would have voted for. Because um, there's still time. This is the core pack episode. So until the episode's end slash until the Autoface Award starts, because we've played that loophole before, uh, you can qualify anything. So next we have song of the year, which I always never really understood why song of the year versus record of the year is like a different category. That's some like hold, we, hold, holdover stuff. But... Let's just do song of the year. Well, yeah, let's do yeah, let's, yeah, let's do song of the year because I think there's a lot of overlap. So, Gales, A B C D E F U, uh, Lizzo's about damn time, Taylor Swift, all too well, which that was also on Midnight's, right? Was all too well on Midnight's? No, the all too well was that that release that she had. I oh, you're right, the short film. That's a, right, yeah, the short film thing, and then yeah, never mind. An eight-minute version of All Too Well. That's right, yeah. So that's one of those last-year holdover things. Harry Styles, As It Was, Steve Lacey's Bad Habit, Beyonce, Break My Soul. I, I agree with most of these, actually. Yeah, um, actually, yeah. Even Lizzo's About Damn Time. I think it's a heavy hitter I'm for a song of the year. Like, song of the year nomination, rather. I definitely wouldn't give it the win, but I think it's a hitter for it, because you heard it a lot. I'd even maybe give it a mainstream award in audio face parlance, but I totally agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. What's fun about having a Chaz that uh, Torch Crimson says Coldplay is very insulting. So there, you got an agreement, Sean. We love that. Thank you. And extremely insulting. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part Five, and then Bonnie Raitt's Just Like That. And I don't see much mm -hmm. difference in record of the year other than um, Brandy Carlisle featuring uh, Lucius, You and Me on the Rock, Mary J. Blige's mm -hmm. Good Morning Gorgeous, and then Doja Cat's Woman. Uh, Doja Cat's Woman is another one of those. Didn't you come out? last year kind of situations but yeah. um you know grammys i think this is of the songs i've heard which is all of them except for the brandy carlisle track um i'd say these all qualify for nominations i wouldn't even i think putting the heart part five is pretty interesting because it it's was very interesting compared to like it's that random release that didn't make it onto mr morale correct I, it was so it was added onto mr morale as the final track shortly after the release like kind of like afterwards on the streaming services and it was technically the only quote-unquote single to be released before yeah, mr yeah. morale and the big steppers beforehand and it definitely had like a really enticing music video i think crazy you know drum. yeah i think there's a lot of artistic songs on the record but i think when you're combining like art plus kendrick lamar solo plus like the old execution i understand the hard part five so that's reasonable yeah it's all right best new artist let's get angry Anita, Omar Apollo, Domi and J.D. Beck, Muni Long, Samurai J, Lato, Maniskin, Toby Nuigwe, Molly Tuttle, and Wetleg. Wetleg, 100%. Absolutely. No questions asked. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Wetleg's had a great year. Maniskin, or Maniskin, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but um, I've seen them around for a couple of years, before. so I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad mm -hmm. they're getting a little bit of um, hits. Same with Anita as well. Mm-hmm. Omar, I think I've heard of Toby Nguigwe. Yeah, 
Nguigwe, sorry, and then Omar Apollo a little bit, but the rest are all pretty new to me, and I don't have much of an opinion. Um, yeah. let, let's jump to the best alternative. Arcade Fire's Wii. Big Thief. Uh, Dragon, New, Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Let's double check and make sure. Look that up, Jamie. Is that how you say that? <laughs> the name of this? Uh, because it's confusing. I'm just kidding. Dwarfs for Sora, What Legs, Self-Titled, and Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Cool It Down. Uh, I, I, I agree with... The only I... thing... The only things I think that if you put Arcade Fire's Wii as a top alternative record, you weren't listening to enough alternative music this year. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Because you, st- there's a lot of good alternative music this year. There's a ton of good. This is the resurgence of alt, which is fantastic. And yeah, when Butler stuff aside, like I'm not even putting like the Win Butler stuff yeah, in this. Like, I, I I thought the album like had really good parts. I think like there are a couple two songs that like hit and like had some staying power mm-hmm. in there, but. Yeah. There were other records, like literally the other ones listed on here, <laughs> that were all objectively here. You, had Arctic, you had the car from Arctic Monkeys that was fantastic. You had uh, Being Funny in a Foreign Language that was fantastic as well. And I think both of those definitely outshine Wii by far. And that's just not just being a fan of it. And I think Arcade Fire's Wii is a big, good... St- Wind Butler shit aside. I think it's actually a good step in the right direction for Arcade Fire. I think it shows... Nigel Godridge is a really good producer working with other people, not just, you know, the smile radiohead adjacent on all of that, showing his work is how talented he is and everything. So as much as I like the record, there's so much other stuff that outshine it by far. And those are just two examples. Yeah. Um Alternative music performance. I mean, we don't have an equivalent to this, but for what it's worth, Arctic Monkeys Mirrorball, Big Thief Certainty. Yep. King by Florence the Machine, Chase Lounge by Wet Leg, and Spitting Off the Edge of the World by Yeah Yeah Yeah's and Perfume Genius. God damn, that song is incredible. <laughs> hey, those are some hitters. Those are some hitters, all right? Was- I'll give you that. All of those. Best, best rock performance oh. is where I just had to, like, do my... Oh, right, the Grammys admitted to just, like, not listening to full albums, so that's totally fine. Um, so for best rock performance and rock song, which I'll kind of combine, yeah, Bryden ha- uh, Adams, So Happy It Hurts, Beck's Old Man, which I t- totally did not know Beck was the song this year, uh, The Black Keys' Wild Child, Laugh With Me Later, um, the uh, Brandy Carlisle's Broken Horses, uh, mm-hmm. Idols Crawl, Ozzy Osbourne and Jeff Beck, Patient Number 9, War on Drugs, Harmonious Dream, um... Which one did I skip? Turnstile Blackout and Red Hot Chili Peppers Black Summer. So for best rock mm-hmm. song, best rock performance, you have a mix of most of these. The War on Drugs, fantastic. Um, but Turnstile like Idols, sure, sure. But there's so much like Preoccupations had one that was fantastic this year. You have a lot of other tracks that should deserve to be on there. But nowhere on God's flat green earth should the Black Keys Wild Child be anywhere around Best Rock Performance. It should be anywhere in the nominating for fucking anything. It was such a bad record, such a bad song for the Black Keys. It's just, again, it's just like the Coldplay. It's insulting to have on there. Like, there's no way where Wild Child deserves to be up there with everybody else. There's no way. Yeah, there are absolutely much better songs on Like, there are much better songs that came out this entire year. I mean... Mm-hmm. teasing a little bit of we'll, we'll do a little, me mad. yeah we'll do a little bit of um nominate like nominations teasing for our audio face awards here but um i get the doc oh yeah but we have much there are artists that just did much better in 
rock music, especially and alternative music. Substance especially. pickups, the smile. Thank uh, you. Yes. I, it's just you have so much that can go on there for like actual rock performance. Like example, the smoke from the smile, like that outshines ninety percent of that list by far. So yeah. it's just this is the Grammys getting lazy and just going on with record labels and and a bunch of other things of just going, hey, who's oh cool, a Black Keys released an album, let's just nominate them. Oh yeah. cool, like I I don't, it's fine, but like. Ozzy Osbourne released the record. Cool. It's not. It's not that good. I listened to it. It's not really worth talking about. Ozzy Osbourne hasn't been relevant since like the early two thousands, <laughs> like truly in a yeah. music context. And the other thing I was going to say is that we were a little bit bold in saying that Bjork's um, Basora record was electronic instead of indie or alternative or whatever. And I understand that. And so like they put alternative, kind of like go back a little bit, which is fine. They put, I put an alternative, but I think that just sort of shows the weakness of and the frigidness of the Grammys and how they structure things. Because yeah, sure, Bjork mm. is an alternative artist, but this was really this was definitely an electronic record. In much the same way that like, sure, Beyonce is a pop artist and it was a dancey pop record, but that's an electronic album. Much of the same way that if Hell Hath Frozen Over and I were considering Honestly Nevermind for any yeah. nomination of Album of the Year award, which, by the way, a lot of uh, non-Grammys publications actually put Honestly Nevermind high up there on their top. No her loss, but Honestly Nevermind was near the top because there's some good crack going around the Rolling Stone offices. Let me tell you that, Jeez brother. <laughs> but like, I-, I think that when you allow yourself to be honest and say there are certain albums this year that Artists that we usually think of in one genre branched out into another genre, and I want to recognize that for that. You should allow it, but the Grammys doesn't. It's one of those things that it's already do this every single year. It just pisses us off about the entire process. Yep. Yeah, so, just brutal. Gone. Yeah, we're, we're going no, on to like some of the last ones we care about, but you, you uh, can get but to I want to go into best rock, rock album because this is pissing me off. Oh yeah, we have best rock album, and then we do electronic and yeah. <laughs> uh, rap. So best, best rock, rock album. album. Go ahead, lead it. The Black Keys Dropout Boogie, Elvis no. Costello and the Imposters, The Boy Named what? If, what? Idols Crawler, that's fine, Machine Gun Kelly Mainstream Sellout, Ozzy Osbourne Patient Number 9, and Spoon's Lucifer on the Sofa. Spoon and Idols, okay, fine. I actually like Lucifer on the Sofa from Spoon. More on that later. Mainstream Sellout is one of the absolute worst records I have ever listened to on this fine established podcast it is horrendous i don't get the appeal of machine gun kelly machine gun kelly has this like fake pop like punk thing that isn't even forgiving didn't he uh, propose to megan fox in a fucking gimp suit by the way (laughs) this remind me i don't know i would put it past him to be fair am i confusing my gimp suits here my bad uh welcome to music everyone welcome to audio face (laughs) but yeah, I think this is one of those even in album moments because you can't have listened to no. the entirety of Dropout Boogie and then you can't have listened yeah. to the entirety of The Car by the Black Keys or uh, yeah, no. You, you can't the have listened to the entire 11 by Salt or yeah. Hell, exactly. Dance Fever by Florence and the Machine. You mean to tell me that I, I think Florence and the Machine actually may have been alternative. No, no, not alternative either. It's not, it's not you mean to tell me it didn't get rock or alternative, but the Black Keys did. That's just... If I were Blazing. meaner, 
if I were meaner slash wanted to pay my lawyers a little bit more, I would allege drug use. <laughs> all right. But <laughs> to me, I'm just going to speculate laziness because, yeah, it's just like we you know, like this is arguably Sean and I's busiest years of our life. Right. And we're still doing more work than the grannies. <laughs> and it's like pretty clear here. They just. A couple years ago, the head just out and out said it. Oh, we listen to music all the time, even an album. Most years, they won't say it, but it's just obvious based on you just like hearing the stuff out. That's that really annoying. Fucking also, to it, and it's just horrendous. Really fast, we don't usually dig into metal too much, but uh, Muse's Kill or Be Killed was nominated for Best Metal Performance. Along with Ghosts Call Me Little Sunshine, Megadeth's Will Be Black, and Turnstile's Black Out, and then Ozzy Osbourne's Degradation. Just uh, stop. Just text in your answers at this point. Just like, rig up a dartboard. Okay. Um, best Pop? ABBA Voyage, Adele 30, Coldplay Music of the Sphere, Lizzo Special, Harry Styles, Harry's House. As we, I mean, we've pretty much said what we wanted to about these before. Um, mm-hmm. I just think... Okay, so you know what? I'll just announce it. On our pop nominations for Audio Face, we ha- for the Audio Face Awards, we have Un Verano Sinti by Bad Bunny because uh, that one record clears everything else in pop vocal off of the map. The only reason they're putting um, the artists that they have in pop vocal right now is to protect um, English speakers from winning a Grammys award because there's no contest that anyone else on there. The only reason I didn't say white people is because Lizzo was on there. And since... Lizzo is white people's, like, black female savior. I'll kind of throw that in, too. Uh, even though Lizzo does not deserve that smoke, totally. But there's no reason Bad Bunny does not clear all five of the yeah, artists all- on Best Pop Vocal Album. Not only just clear all five of them, clear all five of them three times over. Like, there's no contest. Uh, absolutely no contest. For our Best Pop Album, we also put Moto Mami by Rosalia, and I think she alone also could, maybe not three times over, but I think she alone clears this whole list. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty easy, and um, yeah, we well, have yeah, multitude. Uh, like example, yeah. oh, another one is "Multitude" by Strome. Like that is such a good pop record. You know, a Belgian artist who's huge in that record, his comeback record, and everything. And over here, the Grammys are never going to fucking talk about it. So it's just one of those things that blows a lot of those records out of, out of the park too so and of course midnight's is questionably non-qualifying but hold the girl by rina sawayama i think it was kind of an understated like pop pick from it, her this year but yeah like you have an asian that's english good. woman who's just like killing it in pop and being super subversive but uh nary and, <laughs> nary and i from uh them okay uh, dan from the internet eats his words a little bit uh, for best electronic, they did put Beyonce's Renaissance under dance mm-hmm. electronics. So, like, I, as you Fair should. Fair uh, Bonobos. Oh wait, yeah, for best electronic, album, Bonobos Fragments, Fair mm-hmm. Balance, Unafraid, Diplo's self-titled Diplo, Get the Flying Fuck Out of My Studio. <laughs> Absolutely, get the hell out of there. That was horrible. Don't do that shit to me. Nope. Get, get out of my house. Uh, let me call you an Uber. Let me make sure they drab your face on, along the asphalt after you leave. <laughs> now pass go to not collect two hundred dollars. I've been watching too much Sopranos. Odessa, The Last Goodbye, <laughs> and Rufus de Soul's Surrender. Uh, so, yeah, so this... Dan, are, are, you, are, are you in waste management, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a perfectly fine and legitimate business, all right? <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell didn't even invent the telephone. 
It's my favorite thing I've seen. Um, no, my my favorite. I don't know if you this is side side. Only season one. I, Only season one. Okay, okay. When when I don't. This is probably later. But when the when um I can't think of his name. But when one of the guys hates cats and talks about cats, let me know because that is my favorite Sopranos moment ever, ever. I'll get because you will understand okay. it, and it's hilarious. Um. Yeah, that's that's totally cool for the tangent. And then let's do best rap. <laughs> Yo, actually, no. This one had me almost want to get vi- violent on Melrose Avenue really fast. Allegedly, who the <laughs> fuck put DJ Khaled on best rap album? Who in the flying fuck thought it was a good idea to put God Did on here? That's absolutely. Oh, by the way, I forgot to nominate that for worst music flat Earth God uh, made album Court on Audio Face Awards. So. Court back and we're doing that right now we're doing it live i don't give a fuck my live. podcast yeah yeah that's gonna need to go on there immediately um oh, but you got it <laughs> if, no you please do it so i'll do the rap albums dj khaled's god did futures i never liked you jack harlow's come home the kids miss you kendrick Mar- kendrick lamar's mr morale and push a tease it's almost dry i agree with the bottom two the other three make me think that I mean, honestly, the best rap albums list on the Grammys is the best piece of evidence I have seen yet for the assumption that you can buy Grammy Awards. Because mm-hmm. there's no legitimate reason why DJ Khaled or Jack Harlow should be given best rap anything. Nope. Like, I may, I may give, like, Jack Harlow a mainstream award, a nomination, rather, but... Mm-hmm. Nothing on there is of quality. Kendrick Lamar and Pusha T are the only ones there, but like, did they listen to a rap album that came out after June? I don't think they did. This was like, and other people have been in my mentions about this. They're saying, oh, you know what? Like, rap, trap, it's dead. It was a rough year. It was a terrible year. And you know, I, I partially agree with you, but if you dig and if you try really hard, best rap year we've had in years. This is, no, this is actually, I, I think the contrary. It is a fantastic rap year. I think cheat codes, it, like Black cheat codes. Yeah, yeah. You have Freddie Gibbs. You have uh, Kendrick Lamar. You have, oh my God, Metro Boomin. We can't uh, can't wait to talk about that. You have even even some of her loss. I'll give is pretty good with Drake and Twenty One. Like there's, if you really look, if you look into it, there's actually a, a lot of good rap and trap this year. Um, obviously, there's really bad ones too, naturally, as you always do. But still, if you look and sift through all the bullshit you there's some fine gems this year and we have not had that in years yeah i'm happy for it too so i think that's probably where we'll end around this because that's usually where we do it although you know just for fun we don't do a producer of the year award uh the grammys does we have boy wanda dernst demille emil the second dahi dan auerbach and jack antonoff for producer of the year. Honestly, like, this audio face forces me to make a lot of comments that I never dare dream myself making, right? But out of all of these, like, Jack Antonoff, Jack Antonoff like, is the, of the only year, Country Mile. <laughs> it's the only one who has actually, like, made music good, like, decent music. And, like, this I year, have a lot year. of. I have a lot of issues with his production style and stuff, but I've said that at nauseum on audio face. But. To me, his saving grace was Midnight's. That was a very good produced record. There's still some issues I have with the top half of the record, but the bottom half he produced is fantastic. And even some of 1975 stuff was really good. So Yeah, I think both of us agreed that 1975's record is 
it gets better with every single listen. The most recent one being foreign, yeah. funny in a foreign language. And while that's a bit of a different reaction than you would have to a lot of the earlier 1975 records, it was a lot more of a visceral thing. I, I'm happy for that because the 1975 really did need uh, a change and a refresh and a reset. And I think Jack Antonoff mm-hmm. was able to give that to them while they were around there. So that's all good right there. I like that. Yeah. Those are the reactions. Um, please let us know what you think in the comment section on YouTube, in you know, on social media, etc. Because we want to know what you think. Uh, the Grammy, nom- the awards, of course, we'll talk about next year on Audio Face. But the Audio Face Award Show, the one that we're doing, that is much better, more thoroughly resourced, uh, um, <laughs> lower budget but still better, will be coming out uh, around Christmas time of this year. So make sure you check out YouTube and your podcast. Uh, links for all that audioface.show for all the podcast link anyways shall we go into let's, <laughs> let's go let's i we, we we love a good metro boom and to round out the year right so next we have heroes and villains by metro boomin it is 15 songs 48 minutes long and hero Metro Boomin. He really just almost doesn't need any introduction at this point. While Metro Boomin was the, you know, his tag, his producer tag on different beats, on different flows from trap music from the early mid 2010s onward, was sort of a staple of not just trap music, but pop music overall over the years. What became sort of a, you know, staple sound, one that almost borderline on repetitive, Metro Boomin very quickly separated himself from the pack in being i will say this unequivocally the best trap producer out there not only because he produces trap music but he's been able to transcend and through work with james blake through work with pop artists and rock artists and like you know artists outside of even metro boomin's usual echelon of southern style american rap and Mm -hmm. trap Metro Boomin has shown that not only is he able to transcend and go to all those different places, but he's then able to come back and hone his craft down and bring the much-needed breath of fresh air that trap music needs in 2022, and since this is December 2022, of course, in 2023 and the years forward. Because trap is definitely at a stagnant point, as we talked about on Audio Face this year and on the Audio Face Awards. 2022 is a tough year for trap music, and you had to dig really hard to find some of the best within trap and rap, and this was some of the best, but that is to say that the best isn't rising so easily, unless you have a big name like Metro Boomin and Associates. Those associates being, uh, of course, uh, John Legend, 21 Savage, Mustafa, Takeoff, R.I.P. ASAP Rocky, uh, yeah, Future, Chris Brown, Don Tolliver, Young Lady, <sighs> and how could we forget the voice of God himself, Morgan Freeman, who has reprised his role from Savage Mode 2 as the uh, <laughs> chief make Metro Boomin look badasserer and continue to lend his narration to a number of tracks here, including my Present favorite. To you, which- heroes and villains. <laughs> I forget which song it is, but he goes, you know now you know what they say. If young, young Metro, Metro don't, don't trust you, you, you better run. <laughs> I, think that's the, oh, I think that might be the opening track with On Time. Yeah. Like it might be like the end of the opening track. Let me see. Yeah. But. but yeah, you start with On Time, John Legend at his finest, Metro Boomin at his finest. Just like, honestly, like, 
I'll let you jump in here, Sean, but I'll say after a week of some of the most like soul crushing, depressing news regarding not just Ye, which like we had seen coming, but like the impact that his antics were starting to have towards, you know, increasing hatred and bigotry in the United States. It's like very real and serious. Like I've been talking about it all week and kind of been depressed from the music industry in general. Then Thursday night I pop on Metro Boom and I hear on time. I'm like Ah, I have hope again. For me, what 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 did it? And this is this is a miracle. This is a fucking miracle. Metro Boomin made me like Future. Wow. Wow. Which song? Superhero. Please. Superhero has been on repeat in my head for like the past three days. Just the opening line of drinking dope turned me into a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, <laughs> I, I want to hit that, and I was like, oh, yes. I am I am mad at you, Metro, though, for uh, giving Chris Brown a future. Never do that again, but I'm giving you a pass because you're Metro Boomin, and the rest of this album is fucking fire. I do have one other thing I want to get out the way, too. I am over the switching songs halfway through because you ruined that. Uh, my f- Welcome Down with 21 Savage and... Um, uh, Mustafa, because that song was going hard, and then it switches in the middle. I'm like, why'd you do that? No, stop it. Told my boy to leave town But he don't have the bread to really leave the gutter And I'm starting to wonder Gotta find ways to not go under Damn it, god damn it I hate that stuff, fucking hate it Not even Metro Boomin is, is immune, unfortunately Unfortunately, but anyways This is This is what you want A trap record to sound like This is To me the best Metro Boomin record This is absolutely like Leaps and bounds ahead of um, his. What was his last work? Um, or had? Um, uh, are you sure you want to say no. this is leaps and bounds ahead? Savage Mode Two. No, 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 no. You Savage mean not Mode all heroes wear capes? Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. No, no, no. Savage Mode Two is like on a pedestal. This is it better than without warning. Well, here's the issue with without warning. <laughs> That's not a Metro Boomin specific record. That's him offset twenty one, right? The only. Sure, neither is this. Like, like the, I could say, like, heroes and villains, not all heroes, without warning. All of them are Metro Boomin and Associates records. The Associates get more grand as you go on, as they should, and I think definitely without warning is a less top. complex. It's a much tighter... I'm not even, like, willing to rank it at this point. Like, I think this is a controversial thing that I'll, like, let marinate for a little while. But, like, without warning is just a raw, gritty, pure, clean, wholesome trap kind of thing. Uh, not all heroes with cape wear capes. It's a little bit artsy. It's kind of like a DJ Khaled. Like we're gonna get everyone together, just produce our best beats possible. Heroes and villains is an album, yo. Like this is exactly. an album. It's a record. It's a record, and it's even an album. It's amazing. It's just 
this is what happens when Metro's at the top of his game. You know, one of our favorite producers, absolutely. And we know we've been saying this for years, how good of a how, uh, uh, producer he is. The fact that he got so many people together and made an album so damn cohesive and had features feature each other in a way, too. So, example, the... F- uh, you have superhero and they have too many nights. That's future Chris Brown and then future and Don Tolliver, three completely different people. But he makes future sound really good with Chris Brown and Don Tolliver, which is amazing to do. Because I really don't like future. I normally don't. I don't even like his features on records that I like. But the way to like on too many nights, like that's pop trap at its finest, and they go so well together on it. And I'm like, I I can listen to this all day and be happy. Yeah. Um. To me, my favorite pairing was Song 10, Creepin' with The Weeknd and 21 Savage. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. When we're talking about at the top of their game, I mean, sorry to skip around, but like, when we're talking about at the top of their game, Metro Boomin', 21 Savage, and The Weeknd, like, That's The Weeknd is... like, Song of the Year category to me, because it is fucking good. Yeah, like, Weekends on side missions at this point. Like, he is the biggest uh, arena-selling artist in the world that doesn't sing in Spanish. <laughs> and Well, sometimes he does, but... <laughs> that, yeah. I, 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 he, he was banging on that Rosalia track, don't get me wrong. But, like, yeah. mostly doesn't do his entire act in Spanish, because, like, Bad Bunny would definitely be bigger in that category. But no, Weekend, top of his game. Uh, 21 Savage, you know, he's had some, we had some turbulence here and there. Uh, we definitely didn't love that. Honestly, never mind track. You know, it was okay. Her loss was definitely a redemption, but there was a lot of clowning in the memes and whatnot. Heroes and villains is just like a salute emoji. Respect the king at work here. 21 Savage is in rare form again. And I remember in the, I remember in the beginning of the year, we were like, yo, 21's features are starting to get kind of in the mid territory. Let's, let's, let's clean this up a little bit. Happy to say it's been cleaned. We we cleaned it up real good. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because example, there's what three, three or four tracks of twenty one on here. Yeah, because you have uh, umbrella or umbrella if you're English. Um, twenty one and you're nutty. Oh, clean, nudie, pure, wholesome. Yeah, as nudie. Sorry, you know me and my dyslexia. Beautiful, clean, pure, clean, wholesome trap. Like this is, I love it. It goes hard. Then you have like you have him with the weekend. You have him with Travis Scott, and it's another thing too. I think Travis Scott actually was pretty decent on this record. That's Great. another artist that we really have been critical of. We don't like his features and stuff. I don't know how many times Mochi is gonna come in in here and walk on my feet. Like this is the eighth time she's just literally ran out. Ran. I don't know if you can hear her steps, but she's ran back in and just skirted in my room because she wants to talk about Metro as well. More Mochi cat content. All right, um, but like with Travis Scott's features, they're fantastic. I thought they were really good too. So like raindrops just with him. And then you have Niagara Falls, a Tra- Travis Scott and Tony One. They pair together very well, and I'm like, this is, this is 
Metro at his finest. Really, this is what you get when you have a good producer who has an idea of what he wants to make, right? And gets all of these big-name artists together and makes something that works. Works for the record, works for what he wants, and works for all of the artists together. It's not like Donda, which was completely phoned in, and you can hear the phoned-in features, right? But here... Or it's not like... um DJ Khaled and everything he does, where it's like, these people don't oh, yeah. work together, this doesn't fit right, I'm just going to throw it in and see what happens. This feels like a product. This feels it's it's much better, honestly. So good. So good. Yeah. So, yeah, getting through the whole, like, you could really talk about this record for a long time we did. Even though you have that switch up in uh, Welcome Down that you didn't like, I mm. actually like, like, I like the parts separately. I think they're really good. Mustafa is an incredibly, incredible vocal talent. I've seen him around oh, yeah. a little bit here and there, and I think he's going to start blowing up in the next couple of years as well, so mm-hmm. don't sleep on him. But yeah, I think that, especially from Metro Boomin, we're certainly allowed with Metro Boomin to give our like upper echelon nitpick critiques here because he's great. Uh, I think you can do better than the smack two songs together kind of deal. You can... Yeah, just, I agree, 100%. Let, like a big boy Metro Boomin, make one part of the song flow into the other and use elements of the first half to work into the second half, and then that's how you make up a good project. Uh, but no, Feel the Fire with ASAP Rocky and Takeoff, I think. You know, I didn't even get that much of Takeoff's part in there, but ASAP Rocky and Takeoff together, rest in peace, really solid rappers, just really phenomenal stuff there. And really the only thing that brought it down was um all the money with gunna because it's just a bonus bonus track but you know what thank god it was I'll a bonus let, track thank god it was a bonus i'll let track. it pass i'll thing. let it pa- i'll let it pass um timing great doesn't drag on too long 48 minutes perfectly palatable no skips <laughs> like everything in this is good when i say court packing this is getting court packed for best rap trap album of the year this just made that entire entire conversation a lot more difficult i mean Really yeah, I, I'm not going to get into it because we've already talked about it a lot. We'll have the Audio Face Awards, but this album will be competing against the likes of Kendrick Lamar. It will be competing against the likes of, you know, Drake and 21 Savage earlier. It'll be competing with Black Thought and Danger Mouse, Denzel Curry, Sampo the Great, Jid, Earth Gang. Like, this is a tough year for rap. This is a great year for rap as long as you know where you're looking. So make sure you're looking at Audio Face so you don't miss any of that. Exactly. We, and... We, it just uh, this just this makes this record just makes me happy. That's it. It really it just, does. It really makes me happy. Let let play this anytime someone says uh, Sean or I in general are biased against trap. Just play the last minute of this review and just let them know. Like no, when done right, this Great. is some of the best shit in the game right here. Right when yeah. done right, when executed properly. I even like future, and that's saying something. Even the future. <laughs> We have, no arbit- superhero. <laughs> we have no arbitrary scale for this. Uh, actually, traditionally in court packing episodes, we've had like the worst arbitrary scales. So you know what? Arbitrary scale this week? None. <laughs> you know what my arbitrary scale is? This record is good. Listen to it. That's it. My, ar- my arbitrary scale is um, Metro Boomin albums. And I'm going to rank this a heroes and villains. How about that? <laughs> uh. No, but I, by, th- by the end of the day, Sean, uh, our homework is just between us internally is to figure out of the three, slash of the two, which is the better Metro Boomin album. I don't know, man. That's slash the two. It's really slash two. Um, Yeah, but more on that later. Um, now to- Honestly, that's going to take a while. But anyways. 
Yeah. Now to the the, the rougher stuff of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, yay. I don't know where to begin, end, or start with this one, but I guess if I can give you a 60-second summary of uh, the state of Kanye West right now. He announced that he was going to run for president in 2024. He tapped on to be his campaign chief people, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes. These are people who have been canceled on the right wing, like by conservatives, because of their ties to Nazism, their promotion of pedophilia on the side of Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, you know, this is stuff that my earliest Dan from the internet videos, like on the internet to this day, back from like 2015 and 2016 was on Milo and Nick Fuentes. Like, this is old news to me. But... Ye is trying to resurrect his career. Milo and Nick are trying to resurrect theirs. And so they're trying to do this 2024 media tour. Except this time, there's a lot of anti-Semitism because Kanye West is just repeating things from these two terrible people. And so they met with Donald Trump. Donald Trump got a lot of heat for even meeting with them once Republicans figured it out. Donald Trump did his whole, oh, I don't hate Nazis so much just to condemn them. But I dislike how Nazis make my campaign look enough to say I know nothing to do with them. And a bunch of Republicans came out against Donald Trump and said, this is not enough. You need to condemn him. No one who is eating with dinner with Nick Fuentes and Miley Annopoulos belongs in the Republican Party. So um, happy 2024, you dumb bitch. <laughs> that to Donald Trump. And then he continues. He goes on uh, more shows. He goes on... Uh, noted little bitch nominee Tim Pool's program and gets completely railroaded. Kanye West walks off of Tim Pool's show because he is not allowed to be anti-Semitic enough on his show. Tim Pool is uh, unable to actually like pull back in what he's doing and what he's saying there. So it just became this complete mess of things. And then he went on the Alex Jones show and brought out a YooHoo chocolate milk <laughs> shake and a fly net and pret- yeah and pretended to be the prime minister of um Israel it was an entire just like disaster and yeah look he's still a joke of yours but the what we have here is Kanye West has gone unequivocally You can't deny it. You can't come back from this. This isn't the usual, oh, he said these things. We'll all forget about it later. No, this is the point of no return. Not because of some believed conspiracy of Jewish people having power, but because of years and centuries and millennia, really, of discrimination against Jewish people, persecution of Jewish people to the point of uh, Jewish people fearing their lives which Kanye West is willing to decide to be a black figurehead to be a part of. You have people in Kanye West's um, fans who are in his Reddit subgroup who are saying that they will no longer will be Kanye West fans anymore. They're now Taylor Swift fans. They now see that, oh, Kanye West was acting like a huge jackass during the... Like, a lot of people are now turning on this, and yet a lot of people are also doubling down. So I've talked about this ad nauseum on Power Report and on TYT and all these different things. But I'm curious, like, what your take is on the rise and, I mean, no, total fall of Ye over the whole things. Um, I mean, he's just a bumbling fucking asshole is what he is. He's just, 
you know, as a resident German, it pisses me off when he just talks about Nazism like it's this wonderful thing or saying how like, Hitler did all these great things, so on and so forth, and like re- like the Autobahn and stuff. And Lying about the know, microphone or the Autobahn, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, the Autobahn was not his thing. It was already a thing that was introduced into legislation before. But anyways, n- enough about German history. It just... It's disgraceful. It's just horrendous. And the fact that you surround yourself with openly, like, openly anti-Semitic people, people who are just, uh, and that's, those are the ideas that you're popping from. Those are the ideas that you're going to get, like, your talking points from and all of that. It's just bad. Like, you're a terrible person at that point. There is no excuse for it. There's no Ben Shapiro, oh, he's he's over here just having a mental episode. No. If you genuinely are saying these things, example, if you say any of that shit in Germany, you're like, you're good, you're donezo, goodbye, out of here, do not pass go, do not collect $200, because we take that shit seriously. Because, we, like, we admit to this our failures. This whole free speech stuff, conversation, it's, it's, German, yeah. Germany speed ran that. Like, Germany was yeah, like, we were like, okay, no, we can't do that. No, like, no, we're down with free speech. Let's just create some limits on that, because we know there is, there are some, like, natural limits to that. Uh, one, yeah, exactly. Nazi stuff, like, Let's not yeah, allow people to propagate that because, like, that uh, that product on the marketplace of ideas has been recalled. <laughs> like, we, every yeah. time we introduce this product into the marketplace of ideas, it taints the entire marketplace and gets people killed. So mm-hmm. we, we decided that we're not going to make, uh, <laughs> you know, like, we're not going to sell cyanide at Fred Meyer's or Albertson's or whatever the fuck, right? We decided that that's off the marketplace. Same stuff with this. And, yeah, any sort of, like, oh, but him and Kyrie have a point. Like, uh, all this stuff is, it, it's no. exhausting. It's, it's absolutely exhausting. Because, like, much mm. of the same discrimination that, name any marginalized group in this country. Name any marginalized non-Christian Catholic religion in this country. The idea of, oh, America was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Yo, they added the Judeo part. <laughs> America mm-hmm. was vicious as shit to Jewish people in this country. Up until really the 1940s, it, when America not even, entered, not even what, in the 40s to be fair. When America <laughs> entered World War II in the yeah, late we, 1930s, Americans were ambivalent about Germany. They're like, okay, whatever. Like, it's not not us, right? Like, it, it wasn't until like a lot more of an effort and a lot more of understanding of the events of the Holocaust and all those different things that Americans even started to build an identity around killing Nazis, right? Something that is so strong, it permeates even to the Republican Party at this late stage in the game. So, yeah, this is shit that, like, I, I, the last thing I'll say on this is that one reason why I've, like, kind of been uncomfortable talking about all this that someone I've been citing recently, a YouTuber, FD Signifier, said is that, like, in black culture, we encounter stuff like the Hebrew Israelites and like, <laughs> black conservatives and shit all the time. And we just know, just, like, ignore it and just, like, pay no mind, right? Because we know, oh, yeah, that's all bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, they're just, like, they're the three percenters. Like, they are just, like, in their own world. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not a lot of reality. We just don't give it attention. But then you have, like, there's, like, a white fascination with a lot of these artists and figures. And it's not, like, anyone particular fault. Kanye West is a celebrity. But by seeing that, oh, this is a black person with these ideas, black people are like, yeah, and? <laughs> we know this exists. And most of us are smart enough to, like, 
ignore it most of the time. But now it's in the eyes of this fascination, which is why right winger, like uh, yeah, white white nationalist right wingers such as Miley Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes are utilizing that confusion of oh, a black person is saying our racist stuff. We have the Dave Chappelle skit in real time actually now. So it's unfortunately what I'm seeing is it's muddying the waters for a lot of white people and a lot of black people too. So that that's just most of the thing here is that I I think the ability to, you know, fight anti-Semitism and all these different things is stronger than Kanye West. I think we just need to, like, exercise it, um, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's just disgusting. It's horrible. Um, Fuck Kanye and God. Yeah, needless to say, uh, nominated for the Bigotry and Music Award on Audio Face this year. And just immediately, just like in Harry Potter when you put... When uh, the starting hat was going on, uh, Draco Malfoy, and it didn't even touch his hat, head, and it's just it's Slytherin, like extreme, extreme Slytherin. That's, that's, that's what this is. Yeah, and I, even for like the gawk factor, I'm not interested in listening to any more Kanye music, Kanye West music anymore. Not even nope. as a music reviewer, not even as like for the memes, like not even as for the damn people are talking about this today, Dan. Like, don't you want to like have a take, like? Fuck this Not guy really. to high hell. I, I, I've, al- I've already felt this way. <laughs> Sean and I and Ghost Producer Annie, like, we've already felt this way. We've managed to go even beyond that. So, I mean, this is like an unofficial band. Like, we'll, we'll read on a case-by-case basis, but, like, I'm, I'm over the guy. Yeah, when you become yeah. a Nazi, I ban you. Yeah, he... Be- beyond serious reflection and showing that, something that he has had opportunity to show me, or never has, I, I, I don't have any sort of, like, patience. Nope. But with that, let's talk about more fun things. 1975 live debrief, and then we'll do the court packing um, in a little bit and talk about um, our fans' favorite albums to add and then our own favorite albums to add from this year that we missed. Uh, yeah, we saw the 1975 live. It was fun. It was great. This is... How many times have you seen them live, Sean? Once? Like, well, not I've, counting I've, this. I've... I've... I've tried to see him four times. I've been successful two times. <laughs> so I am batting 500. <laughs> <laughs> I know you haven't played baseball in a while, and usually you were a pitcher, not a hitter, and no one no. in chat read into that at all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if, if Sean could, he would strangle me over fiber optic internet right now. <laughs> but uh, but no, like I batting 500, I thought I had a little more in you. <laughs> anyways but no this is my first time seeing the 1975 live and as we kind of said earlier there's one thing to like a band but what really separates a good band from a great band is are they able to perform in the studio consistently and are they able to perform live consistently? performing live is a lot of different aspects it is how you sound how you energize and interact with the crowd um how different your music sounds live versus in studio and what kind of flares do you add in that unique one-of-a-kind sort of like live atmosphere to make your music a lot better do you do all those things the answer for the 1975 is yes mm-hmm. very yes <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, the, the, it's the junior boys song that goes yes <laughs> yes yes so by the way having yeah, go on by the way, also, we're going to do a review for Junior Boys when we see them live next year, and I can't fucking wait for that, because... God Junior damn. Boys bonus episode for Syndicate 23 members. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Well, bam. Um, Junior Boys biggest fan. So, sidetrack. 
aside, um, so I saw the 1975 in 2019. So at the tail end of their brief inquiry into online relationships tour and everything, and they were starting to have a couple songs from Notes um, in there. So like kind of like that the middle ground for for those in between those two releases and. The differences between these two shows is night and day. So the 2019 performance, it was good. Like the, the, the energy-wise, everything, the sound, the quality was fantastic. And remind for the audience, more. the 2019 tour would have been for "Love It If We Made It." That wouldn't have been for "Notes in a Conditional Form," correct? No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's in between "Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships" and "Notes." They had a couple songs from "Notes" that they were playing on the tour, but they didn't release the album for until like eight months later or something like that as when I do. saw them. Yeah, as you do. So um, it was a, a good show, but it was a standard show is what I would say. Like, it was good, but it was like, okay, like you would expect a big name band to sound like this and to perform like this. Like the the graphics, the visuals are kind of stuff that they've normally do with the whole box persona and everything. And it was, it was a good show. It was a good show. But the 2022 performance is a performance. It is art. It is drawing the lines between music and art and really bringing them together. It is like night and day. And I know Maddie was saying that they were actually, they were quite nervous of showing their whole display and their whole thing on stage before they, their first couple shows. Cause they didn't know how it was going to be perceived. And I thought it was such a good thing for them to do, to kind of have this like little story thing, like they're all playing in the house and so on and so forth. And the way that they did it and brought in other people because they need extra help to make some of these sounds go well. They need backing vocals. They need guys on the sax. They need a couple other um, uh, people to help produce it. They made it really easy to see them and made it to where it all felt like a group of friends performing and really telling the story with how the performance went. And it's good because, you know, a group that have been together for, you know, a decade plus and have been performing shows all over the world for a decade plus, it's refreshing to see that and it's refreshing to see them have a new take on art and have kind of like a split show, part one, part two. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Way, honestly, leaps and bounds ahead of their 2019 show. Absolutely. That's good to hear. Um... Because, yeah, there aren't many bands I've seen, like, live many times. Because then you're getting to a point where, like, we're not the audio face balling point. So if I'm seeing a band multiple times, like, my biases are completely out the window. I really, really like that band because I'm spending my yeah, own ass like money on too. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, like, that's my only reference. And thankfully, like, I don't, I mean, I mean, I do know. I'd just be, like, more bitter as a person more broadly. But, like, thankfully, Gorillas, as time has gone on, have just become a better band live. Like, just... Mm-hmm. Every single mm-hmm. tour that just keep reducing and getting better. So that's good to see that, even though this is only my first time. Um, I'd say really the only thing I didn't like was the choice of um, opener. I think they could have found someone who was just like oh, yeah. sounded better <laughs> or just like fitted more than 1975. Like, yeah, geez. because the, the 2019 opener is Catfish in the Bottom, and they had some other random things, and they were f- and uh, I, uh, IDK How. And that was the first time I ever heard IDK How, but they found me was from the 1975. And god damn, that was such a good little indie find. A really cool group that, it, you know, you know Rina, secret. If it was like a little dirty hit in Associates tour, and they had Rina Sawayama open for the 1975, I would have showed up to the forum at 4 p.m. Dude, I would have <laughs> showed up at 3 p.m. just sitting out there like, if it, let me in, let me in. Doors open at 7, I don't care. 
I'm there. Like, this isn't even downtown LA. This is Englewood. This is really easy to get. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, even though it's 20 minutes away, I don't care. I'm there. Um, like, yeah, that, bro, that I did not like. The opener was pretty rough. It was yeah. rough. But no, the, the intro, like, they definitely divide the show into two parts. The first half was stuff that was from their recent album, uh, Being Funny in mm. Foreign Language. And their second half was just uh, Maddie Healy hits the hits. <laughs> and yeah. Maddie Healy gets to be full of himself and literally just says, Welcome to the 1975 at their very best. And that's like their whole tour. The name, name of the tour. And, everything. Yes. and I thought that was actually kind of cool because they, again, they've been together for so long. Like way before they released music, they've been together since, you know, primary or, or maybe secondary school. So, which you know, most of their lives. Yeah. So they're saying, you know, we really have matured and it's just like, you know, the Radiohead, as I like to call it, where Tom said we aged like a fine wine when we saw their show. And I was like, really do, because every record they try to one up themselves and try to see what they can make. And if they can't make anything, they just won't. And that hunger and in like album creation is something that is really apparent once you are reviewing a lot of albums or listening to a lot of albums like we just talked about metro boomin he has that hunger he got that dog in him yeah. like, like he, he just <laughs> he just constantly wants to improve and be better every single time i mean like i'd say beyonce is a great example on that like just just constantly wanting to improve themselves unlike oh dude we forgot to do the why be better scale which is like not even fair but like yeah oh yeah y- young no, boy never, not even young plan. boy never broke again has released eight albums this year like 17 million monthly listeners or whatever the fuck he's got like you know like great for not having a lot of uh push from your record label and doing it on your own and being on house arrest cool all right not like two songs from those albums i actually remember like not two songs those albums i actually like players or like actually like you know above average metro boom is just like yeah all hitters all like no skips (laughs) not even the thought of a skip my my finger didn't even like twitch towards the skip button during the entire album. It's like I, I don't you need know, to. It's great. You know my finger you know my finger did multiple times? It went repeat. <laughs> yeah. No. It went back multiple times. Yeah, that that is a sign of a good album. But yeah, I think definitely see the nineteen seventy five live if you've got the chance to. Even if you like kinda like them. It's just a good live show out. Because yeah. uh, other notes I had, um like to me, one of my favorite parts of seeing gorillas live are what's called the purple of the people the plastic eating people which is the name mm-hmm. of the choir for gorillas right mm-hmm. and i love seeing how like the 1975 they have like two female like backup singers like backing artists who like also do a little bit of guitar and another one was on drums like i think that's rad i think their voices really add to uh maddie healy and george michael like what they're doing as well like all really great yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with that, too, because that's what I was saying earlier. It's cool because a lot of that's one thing I respect about gorillas is, you know, they George show Daniels, all the sorry, people. not George Martin. Oh, yeah, George Daniel, the drummer. Um, I like that the 1975, they show the people who are in the background. They show the people who are helping them because in the 2019 show, they didn't. They didn't really like those people are kind of like silhouettes in the background, but now it's like, and they're now known members of 1975 and Associates. So, and that's cool because they're hardworking musicians. Like I think Carly was is the the guitarist's name. I could be wrong, but her backing vocals in "About You" are fantastic, and it really wraps that song onto making it. And it's one of those things that was really cool. Also, Phoebe Bridgers randomly showed up in the middle of the show. I was kind of starstruck, honestly. Like I didn't realize. Like, like, 
my eyes registered that's Phoebe Bridgers. My brain did not register that's Phoebe Bridgers. But they, she played Milk, which is a really hidden B-side of a like a hidden, a hidden, hidden track of the nineteen sixty-five that they've never played live that I know of, and we've been yelling at Maddie to play Milk and Antichrist live, and he never will. Um, and she played like an acoustic version of it. And I was like, what is going on? This is amazing. She fucking brought the house down. Along with an acoustic version of I Like American, America Likes Me, which was really good. He hasn't even done that acoustic version on all the sets. The other version has no. have had like more of the auto tune in. This mm-hmm. one, it's hard to say it was acoustic necessarily because it was a lot more piano than like even acoustic guitar. But yeah, it was much more stripped Skip back, down. no auto tune. And like, I, I think Shauna had a really interesting moment in that song. Cause, like, to me, I'm like, this is always what the song has sounded me- like to me. Like, not exactly, of course, because it's auto tuned mm-hmm. and crazy and meant to be super trappy, but like, to me, broken down, like all trap songs can be broken down like that. Like where it's just the piano, the piano itself is a percussion instrument. So mm-hmm. that's just going through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, like, I, I find like one of my favorite, just super sidebar, one of my favorite songs to listen to is a classical music version of Playboy Cardi's Magnolia. Because I think a lot of. I think a lot of trap music just sounds very easy to translate as a classical piece. A, because it's very ironic, just the juxtaposition of the different subject matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it was just a really good flip there. So uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be super, super long of a clip, but the 1975 is a great band to see live. I definitely enjoyed like pretty much every single moment of it and would also go see them again, even, especially in an even more like intimate setting, which is I will probably never oh, happen again. I wish. Uh, I'm still but, pissed I didn't do that before, yeah. but whatever. But that being said, like the forum is one of my favorite venues um, 100%. Just, like, in the world I love period. The forum. So like it was a great time there. Um so two questions. Okay, well you answer my questions. Would you see them live again? Yes. Cool. Good. Good answer. And then did this make you more of a fan of their of their work, I guess? Yeah, I guess in the traditional way you would say fan, yes. But like in the way I would more identify it with is that like the the words in which you have described them have a deeper meaning. Like my like on a baseline level, my appreciation with them is just much greater. But really it's sort of like uh, I remember, you know, Sean in the back of my head describing, like, listen, this is going to sound like a band where you have a bunch of teenage girls scheming around and, like they're really excited. And believe me, you had that there. But like but music is good and they have good messages within those music too yeah like there were maddie healy was talking about like you know the constructs of masculinity and it's me on stage (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like a thing it's just it's such a there were literal clips of ben shapiro like on the back like you can be and everything and and, like we understand The, the screaming teenage girls have no idea what the fuck's going on me and you are like galaxy brain like oh my god yes this is hilarious but it's one way to do it. Yeah, and I, I think this is, you know, now we're streaming Audio Face on the Twitch, like YouTube channel, like on the Twitch channel. So there's some mix with Power Report and Audio Face and what those things. And some people may be like, hey, Dan, you talk about politics all the time. What does this have to do with it? Most musicians are trying to make political points with their music. If it's not all the time, yep. it's like sometimes or like here or there. Uh, some artists are more subtle or more overt with them. And the 1975 is, and this, you, this, you really saw it shine in, in Brief Inquiry, but they are really tapped into like a zeitgeist of so culture bizarre. and political culture as well. And so when people are talking about this, and you know, he's not maybe like, 
I, I feel like he would be comfortable in like a Sam Cedar interview kind of thing. Not replacing Sam Cedar, but like able to understand like these sort of oh, terminologies yeah. and these kind of things, right? Like, 100%. And I think a lot of musicians are like that. And I think that's really cool. And when you get someone who is like talented and able to appeal to the masses with a message that is like hardcore left without needing to be like a near 60 year old Jewish man and former comedian, like, some people are going to love Sam Cedar as a vessel for information. And then some people are going to love Maddie Healy as a vessel for information. And neither of them are perfect, but uh, one of them fills out arenas. And that is useful for the left in general um, than, it really is. You know, th- than not having that. I'd say, like, have as much ammo as you can is really kind of the move. Yeah. Fantastic. Would re- recommend 100%. Yes. And so, with that, we go to the court packing episode 2022. So, every year, before the Audio Face Awards, we do the court packing episode, which is when we pick our favorite albums of the year that we didn't get a chance to fully review on Audio Face, or maybe only talked about briefly. This is our chance to shout them out, mention them, and basically qualify them for the Audio Face Awards, because once that award show starts, you can't add anything new to the... Yeah, and we have added something like literally bef- the second before we recorded. We added, yeah, we added something to the co- we added something to the cold open one year just so we could qualify it. So listen, rules is rules, man. <laughs> but yeah, here we go. I have some of the ones written on here, and that'll give you, like I'd, I'd love if you could go into some of the ones that are written on here since you said that these are some of the ones that you liked anyways. Yeah, um, like the ones that are written on top here, and then I will fill in the audience face awards, and then we can talk about that. A little bit afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, who got you to write those ones down? By the way, like, uh, or, so it was a mix of a, me. It was a mix of uh, ghost producer Kyle, who also helped a lot on the back end oh, of this year in general. Kyle? Yeah, a bonus episode with him will actually be releasing on uh, the state of live music. So, if you liked our conversation about live music, we're going to be talking about live music overall in 2022, and that's going to be a bonus episode that releases next week in our break week as we're um wrapping out our listing for the audio face awards so uh youtube.com slash audio face pod or audio show to get the youtube or podcast versions of those respectfully great conversations but yeah that's a mix of you know me looking through you know doing a little bit of note cheating let's say about some other like top lists that other publications have made and i'm like okay i'm seeing this here and i respect it so maybe let's add it and then there are other things that ghost producer kyle added or like you know friends i've talked to straw myself mm-hmm. And then some of those also make it into the audience face awards, which is uh, viewer's choice, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, cool. it's a nice hodgepodge of sources to get into those. But yeah, yeah let's go so through some like, of our court packing picks. Yeah, definitely. I want to talk about Spoons, Lucifer, and the Sofa. Um, I wanted, I brought this up before at the beginning of the year because it came out, oh, February, February January, yeah. February-ish, I would say. Because I remember I wanted to bring it up, but we had a lot of reviews and it's just one of those where... Never got to be mentioned onto it. Spoon is a band who's been together for a long time out of Austin, Austin, Texas, who make really good rock, really good alt rock. They have one of my favorite alternative rock songs ever made called Inside Out, which was released when we were in high school, I believe, or maybe college, I forget. But um, they've been around for a long time, and they've made some pretty good records. Their last one that they made, that was okay. Um, but with Lucifer on the sofa, 
they they knocked knocked an owl out of the damn park with Lucifer on the sofa. It is such a good alt rock record. It's, it's my return to form of this year, honestly. Like one of my returns to form because be, it's just, go ahead, finish your point. I think this is their best work that they've ever done, which is crazy to say for a group who's been together for like fifteen, twenty years, right? That they now release just a perfect alternative rock record. And in yeah, 2022, I, a year that is strapped for it. So good. Yeah. I, I want to let that marinate a little bit. Um, that's why we have the court packing period and the um, lead up to the Audio Face Awards to deliberate. But yeah, they've, their first album came out, Telefono, in 96. So that album could be as old or, you know, actually, it is older than you and younger than me by about a month. So it's a very, very like oh, old. Like, they've been around wow, for a while. Yeah. Wow. April 23rd. Yep. 1996. Yeah. So it's um, in the middle of us. <laughs> they've been around for the minute in that like great peak of alternative that I remember from like my childhood, like uh, gimme fiction, get nice transference. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. of those records a lot, but I- I've seen spoon live actually uh, no one shit. time um, in, in college no. uh, at one of those, it was like a hodgepodge show where they had a couple of artists come in. It was like Cage the Elephant and Spoon and a couple of others. Oh, it wasn't a bad show. Um, actually, no, it was a bad show. Like That was around the point where I was like, damn, Spoon has uh, really been doing this for a while. And it was around, like, you know, uh, They Want My Soul and Hot Thoughts, mm-hmm, like in 2017, especially around they were touring. I was looking at that work and I was thinking, damn, they have... They lack the energy that a lot of modern rock bands or rock acts have mm-hmm. at this time of, like, you know, this 2010s. And 2010s was rough in the streets for rock and alternative, so I understand you. But Cage the Elephant and a lot of other artists were just like, like Cage the Elephant that night, just like other rock acts in general, ye old Black Keys and older Arctic Monkeys, like, were able to bring it in that generation. So mm-hmm. I was... On Audio Face, like, full transparency, we have three albums to curate for people every single week that we think are most worth talking about. And when Spoon came out, I was like, listen, we're a new albums podcast. Spoon has been around for a while. Maybe this album's fine, but I've been burned too many times recently, and I'm ready to just kind of move on. Because you will have artists who just continue making music, and whether it's good or not, the name is still there. But it's not worth talking about the 20th Weezer album when you have like a new up and coming artist that may be worth spending 10 minutes of time reviewing that record. So that's the kind of decision we made there. Sometimes you get it wrong. That's why we have court packing. Yeah. Spoon. That album is phenomenal. I really loved, uh, wild on there and feels all right. fantastic track yeah feels all right it's really good even the opening track of held is good the whole record is just really there's no skips it plays out very well it keeps you involved within the record it keeps you wanting more in the way too and just for a band who again who's been around for so long it's great to see them still produce a very good record and arguably one of their best if not their best records that they've ever made and for again a genre that is 
had its up and downs, and this year is really on the resurgence. It's one of those where it's just absolutely wanted to talk about that. It's a fantastic record. Go listen to it. If you're a Spoon fan, you love it and you already know about it. If you forgot about Spoon or you just want a really good alt-rock record and plenty of people are like, alt-rock doesn't sound good now, this is your record for you. Also, we have Cool It Down by Yeah Yeah Yeahs, which is... I don't want to talk about this goddamn record all year. Yeah, this came out in that awkward time after Labor Day where we were mm-hmm. in the midst of uh, recording our bonus episodes and we were after a break after we had just done a bunch of episodes. So, just, a- again, this is a busy a year for us. We were going through it. We just didn't have the time to. We did do a new singles talk about mm. spi- uh, spinning off the edge of the world which was the song with Perfume Genius. So this would have qualified even if we didn't court pack it, but this was listed on a lot of folks' album of the year. Kyle really uh, made a good case for it. And I think it, it could I think it could be album of the year as well. I think you could not I, I think it could be nominated for it because even like spinning spinning off the edge of the world, I'm, I want to nominate it as like track like song of the year as well cuz it's one of as an opening track as well not just as a single but as an opening track it sets up the whole record perfectly in the mood that it wants and a group you know just like spoon yeah yes they've been around for a long fucking time you know and for them to really you know come out all guns blazing make a record that's eight songs 32 minutes long so they know the times they know, you know, I want to, we need to make it short and concise to really get it out there, get it out to the masses. And they just, they experiment. They make a lot of electronic choices within their um, production. Like, example, not just spinning off the edge of the world, obviously, is with that, but Love, Bomb, and Wolf, um, tracks two and three, respectively, after that, have a lot of different um, electronic sounds to them and stuff, which is what I really like with alt rock and indie rock. Like those are the things that I love to have where you experiment and try to do things where example Wolf, that's the track you can hear is like, oh that's yeah 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 for sure. like oh this is modern this is a little different a little a bit more experimental fleas is hot right after that wolf yeah and fleas yeah it's just yeah as a record it's fantastic it's one of the best things that they've made in a long time and it's just yeah fleas is a really good fun track too and it's just such a good record i love it i've listened to this record a lot i hope like in the indie circles and alt circles that I've been listening to on throughout the year, a lot of people have been saying the same thing. This is a fantastic record, and I agree with them. So listen to it. If you've like forgot about the IAS, which a lot of people have, um, check this record out. Spinning Off the Edge of the World is an amazing song. And example, like Perfume Genius, he released a record this year too, I believe, um, Ugly Season, which was a very, very experimental yes record from him that we did talk about and we reviewed but to see that him pop onto this track and really hone in on some of the things that he's been experimenting on and influence it too and you can hear that is amazing to see so i love it i love it i love it i love it yeah i agree too 
<clears throat> I want to add Big Time by Angel Olsen. I saw it on a lot. We, yeah. it, it came out in that June period where I was on vacation, and so we just mm-hmm. didn't get around to it. But when I made my Americana is like going to have like its moment kind of thing, I think I was maybe a little bit too premature on that call, <laughs> which like Sean even said like early in the beginning. But I think tracks like um are like records like Angel Olsen's Big Time and a couple other things that have come out this year help to back me up to say something is definitely happening with this genre and it's going to start to maybe not blow up but continue to blossom in the years coming to it because it's definitely like a fresher sound that's starting to become more accessible in a mainstream way for rock and alternative and indie which need a little bit more mixing in the kool-aid right now as all those sounds are starting to get a little bit stagnant here or there but yeah it was a really just artistic piece really enjoyed it beautiful record i'm not one for americana but i am a big angel olsen fan they had she had that track with shane van eaton last year like i used to that i listened to a mm-hmm. ton even this year that i thought was fantastic um but with big time it's just a beautiful record it plays through nice it's just gets all of that that you want in americana and her voice is fantastic the opening track all the good times i've listened to a bit this year think with how much like how long she's been in the in the industry and stuff she's really proving herself to be one of the premier artists out there for americana and, and this more folksy indie type that we're not too well sometimes we like sometimes we don't but she she does it a fantastic way so big time is a really good record yeah um my or another court packing pick is going to be Way's Blood, who I had just found out from a previous uh, guest on Audio Face, Oliver, who's really just helps me find like all the different indie things. And then I started seeing this on a couple other lists too. And so I've I was seen like, Way's Blood. Yep. Yeah. That okay, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to listen to this. Um, yeah, I love a lot of it. it. These are longer songs. These are a little more amb. Like this is true indie in its like old indiest form. Like these are longer ambient. Like pulling from a lot of different sounds kind of songs but Pulled together, it's just a really, really beautiful piece of work that's very one of a kind. Yeah, well, like, it's uh, this is one of the records that I've heard a lot for Indian and, like, more, like, uh, what's the, re- the record label Sub Pop, who they released, or they partnered with Fleet Foxes for their first couple records. That's how I heard of Waste Blood. But the tracks are long. They take a long time to develop, but her voice is amazing. It reminds me a bit of, like, like late seven, mid, mid to late 70s style of folk and indie that I think, but a modern interpretation of that, that 
some people try to make, but they don't make it very well. And with and in Darkness Hearts Aglow, it's she just makes such a good singer songwriter record that I think needs to get more recognition. Yeah. Um. When I got this, is one of those. Oh, thank God! I have chord packing because I can listen to this record and kind of get through into it and like actually sink my teeth into it because it's so. It's definitely one of those things. Like, even if we reviewed it on a week to week basic basis, it'd it's be so one of those albums that I'd have to hand. dig into and really kind of enjoy uh, to appreciate all that's kind of being thrown at. But damn, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, you think? Also, this is like less of a core packing thing, but Don FM came out so early in the year, but we didn't like. I thought about adding Don FM to pop record over the year or something along the lines of that because that came out like that was our first week back. Yeah. Was Don FM, and this year was insane. Like, that should be another one that we could start to nominate too for a couple of things because I think as. You know, Amnesiac to Kid A is Don FM to, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on After Hours is, it's such a good, like, continuation of the storytelling that The Weeknd is doing, and it really solidifies him as one of the premier artists of music, one of the standout pop artists that is just turning, churning out fantastic records, um, that... I love that I think are very well produced, very well made that need to get talked about more. I think Don FM is something that we should like nominate for a couple of things. I think people should actually talk about a little bit more because I feel like it's almost getting forgotten because of how big the year has been in a way. It was a big year. He came out in the beginning and like the weekend has kind of become an afterthought's the wrong word, but a given is the right word what I'm trying to think of. It's like, oh yeah, of course the weekend is selling out arenas and stadiums. I think people forget almost this year, but I'll never forget. We'll never forget on Audio Face. He was about to be shortchanged at Coachella for Kanye yeah, West because Kanye West canceled out of Coachella. Yeah, that Kanye West. And they were going to replace him and they did also replace him the weekend did some shows both weekends with Swedish House Mafia to tie up the thing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But Coachella was about to pay the weekend less than Kanye West. So still to this year, Major people in the industry are devaluing the weekend to their detriment, to their peril, at their own risk. Because this is Abel's on it. He, he's proven us. He's proven us wrong and turned us into fans. Absolutely, and that's something that's that I love to see. I love being proven wrong, and now I can even have an appreciation for some of the early work that I didn't necessarily like from him. Now, uh, you know what? It's not half bad. And really fast, just to round things out here, we have the Audience Face Awards. So these are just our viewers and listeners picking their favorite albums of the year of what they listen to. We polled on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and all the different parts of social media. And we got some that we've talked about already that have been some favorites, such as Midnight's by Taylor Swift, uh, Renaissance by Beyonce, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. But also two that I'm going to check out, of course, for Court Packing. Uh, these two seem to be in the rap or hip-hop category-ish. So we have Black Radio 3 by Robert Glasper and Drill Music in Zion by Lupe Fiasco. Very excited to hear that one and see how that turns out. But, of course, thank you, audience, for submitting your favorite picks. Thank you for submitting singles and albums throughout the year. Of course, that can be done 
uh, at <clears throat> audioface at syndicate23.co to email that way, or just comment on Twitter or Instagram or Twitch or messages. You know, like we'll find it somehow anyway. But yeah, as far as programming notes goes, we're going to do more of Audio Face Live next year. I'm going to figure out like how to set that up and, you know, get uh, chats in and all the other things going on so we can have, have that fun experience there. But yeah, we'll try to do it every Sunday, like to the extent that we can and do our audio face format three albums some music what's going on and that's gonna be next year this year this is the last episode of regular audio face then we have the our deliberations that we're gonna be doing and then we're gonna have the audio face awards which we'll be recording in a couple weeks and releasing just before christmas that will be the final audio face episode of the year that will be really funny that will be it's going to be kind of hard to beat the fifth Audio Face Awards and just, like, personal enjoyment, but this will definitely be a fun one. <laughs> just out of, like, personal, personal pleasure. Oh, yeah. This should hopefully be the, knock on wood, easiest Audio Face Awards for me to edit ever because I'm pretty good at editing these. And also one of the most difficult ones to decide on substantively music-wise. Uh, Easy, we though, might get because it- I still don't know. We might get, yeah, some of these are the more like, you know, frivolous awards, let's say like worst music or mugshot awards or noted little bitch. And noted little bitch is always a little bit complicated too, but like some of those are a little bit easier, but like best rock, best rap, album of the year, like hard, so hard. Anyone who says that 2022 was not a year of music or that music is dead or that there is not good music coming out there or that rap is bad. You're just, you're not listening to audio face <laughs> um, and you're just not doing your homework, but that's why we do it for you. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you all. Uh, I'm going to, Oh, it's, it's, it's I, I played out the last episode and this one. So you're going to be doing so much hosting duty for the awards, brother. Uh, this has been audio face. Thank you, Peter, for uh, mixing and mastering this episode at PJS Mixed It on Instagram. If you're a musician who needs your uh, 2023 banger to be uh, edited, uh, go to Peter. He will, he will hook you up at PJS Mixed It on Instagram. Sean can be found, if he trusts you, at um, FAA.gov. No. <laughs> Twitter at SW. AC161-65. <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram at SW Suarez. I can be found on TikTok and Twitch at Dan. F- oh, no. Tick- TikTok and Instagram at Dan from the internet. Twitter and Twitch at Dan from the web. And just, just, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, 2023 is going to be the year that I just make one link to be like, find all the Dan stuff at this link and stop keeping track of all the other shit. Uh, but yeah, thank you for all watching. Thank you for joining us for this little beta test of Audio Face Live. Uh, it's only up from here. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate your time. Appreciate your energy. We'll see you in two weeks-ish with the Audio Face Awards available on demand. It will premiere on YouTube and Twitch probably, but like on demand, available for Syndicate 23 members as well. Join us at syndicate23.co to support what we're doing. Thank you. Yeah. And goodbye. Cheers.